morning traders and investors we do have some green on the screen um, we've had a lot of up and down this week but you know what we're like 10 handles from friday's close it's one of these markets where the bears really can't push it lower and the bulls can't break us out to the upside maybe some good reports here from pepsi and disney will help things up on the up on the upside a firm that's not helping grow stocks at all We'll get some clarity from Tommy Lackey Jr. at 8.35 from Relativity Capital Advisors. Let's cover these earnings reports. Let's figure out where this market's going today. This is pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning again, traders and investors. Uh, welcome to this Thursday edition, pre-market prop. We're up 27 and a half handles at 41.58. Uh, kind of caught a bid uh, right off that uh, 4 p.m. close in price of 30.50. We got to 41.70 and a quarter. Working on an inside day so far. We'll see if uh, the bulls and bears can uh, and the tug of war. Uh, the buck is getting killed down uh, 52 cents at uh, 102.75. Bonds are up three quarters of a point, 129 and 432nd. Crude trying to remain in the $78 handle down 48 cents at 77.99. Uh, gold battling 1900 up a buck 90 at 1892.60. Silver down a couple pennies 22.40. Bitcoin starting to lose the 23k handle down $110 at 227,775 7, and uh Triple D must have had a busy night trading because he got locked out of Twitter. He he was tweeting too much, and uh, they shut him down. I did. I actually got the notice. It says you are over your tweet limit. I had tweeted seven times during the day, and apparently that is over the tweet limit. I did for fun go and check the tweet limits. It's four hundred times. Dennis, a day. that's a <laughs> that's a that's a slow day for you. Seven I tweets. Yeah, I know. I didn't know it was four hundred tweets a day, so I have to watch that. You know, that <laughs> high frequency. Tweeting that I do, uh, but yeah, apparently there was some issues with Twitter last night. Some people couldn't uh, were maxed out on how many people they could follow, how many times they could tweet. I think those issues are resolved here now. So it was a Twitter <laughs> issue. But I was like, they're gonna force me to this Twitter blue. Is this was what's happening? They're gonna like allow you to tweet like once a day, and if you go Twitter blue, you can tweet more than once a day. Are they eventually? Don't give them more ideas, Dennis. Are they eventually? Is Musk? I know we're getting ideas. Is Musk because you know he's listening to the show? Is Musk eventually going to make us all somehow go to Twitter Blue to pay? Because I still haven't yes. went Twitter Blue. Yeah, I haven't lost my check mark yet. I know he says he's taking the check mark away and he's trying he's to get me to go Twitter Blue. And if I go to the Twitter Blue, it's funny. the The price changes every day. So I go to Twitter Blue, and it was up to like fourteen ninety five a month. And I mean, he's giving me Canadian because I'm in Canada. So he's up to like fourteen ninety five a month. It's down to eight seventy five a month now. So it's dropped down here from the fourteen ninety five <laughs> to eight seventy five. Or I can go. It's at the annual plan. I get eight seventy five a month. If I go the monthly plan, then I got to pay ten dollars a month. 
So and I'm trying to figure out what do I get for that? I get a blue check mark. Well, I already have a blue check mark, so I don't need that. And then it says you see half the ads. Well, I don't notice the ads anyways. Post longer videos. I don't post any videos. And rocket to the top of replies, mentions, and searches. Well, I already I think Indudex already had the blue check mark. So I guess once he takes the blue check mark away, maybe I'm gonna have to resubscribe because I don't know. There'll probably be a bunch of fake triple D traders if I don't. They're out there anyways. So I don't know. We'll see. But Twitter blue, eight seventy five a month. I'll tell you what. Are you paying for I it? I just did it. Live, baby. Right here. You, you right just now. Guess what? Look at this team. You're all set. Twitter blue. You guys give me the follow. Money Mitch, just subscribe. Money Mitch BZ. You're all set. Twitter blue settings. Go check your verification settings. Ow, is this, is this for the Money Mitch account or for the Benzinga account? Nah, the Money Mitch account, the Money baby. Mitch account is all Twitter blue. When are you going Twitter blue, Joel? I got too how many fakes out Mitch, there, man. Mitch, <sighs> stop. How $8, much was it? $8 a month. 8 US. 8 US. So I'm getting a deal at 875 Canadian. He didn't do the Forex very well. Mm, 875 Canadian. Eight bucks should be like 1050 Canadian. So I could arb this right now. Maybe I could short. Twitter blue somehow so the subscription rate in, in the US and buy it in Canada and arm myself up here. I wonder if I could put a Paris trade on. I'm short Twitter blue US, long mm. Twitter blue Canada, and I'm making myself like two bucks a month right there. Well, you know what it tells me? Blue looks good on you. So uh, there you uh, guys see it. I, I, uh, Did you get the check mark yet? Yeah. Come Did you get it to you right man. away? No, well, I got to do my phone number right quick, but I'll fill that out oh. right afterwards. I asked um, Chat GPT if I should do it, and they said no. Chat GPT said no. Yeah, yeah, it said yeah. no. Twitter blue yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, no, yeah. Not, not, for, not for Joel. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> to go into this. Man, I sparked you started such a something tangent here. of absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. All right, so Triple D, the after hours, a little bit of a sneaky rally, right? Disney helping out. I guess that's the report of the day, right? The house of mouse up 667, 118.45. Who would have thunk it? Mitch, give it us a report. All right, let's get into the action here. there it is. I was like, what are what we, what we showing the Tesla dragon for? All right, let's get to I Walt can't Disney show Twitter here. anymore. We're talking Twitter for five minutes. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's the truth, right? All right? Let's get to the the house of mouse here. Walt Disney Q1 EPS, 99 cents beat the 78 cent estimate. Sales at 23.51 beat the 23.37 billion estimate. Disney reports Q1 total Disney uh, plus paid subs at 161.8 million down. 1% quarter over quarter. Disney Q1 23 park revenues at 8.7 billion and then came Disney Wifts trying to get the lift, right? Slashing 7,000 jobs from its workforce and plans to cut 5.5 billion in costs, including 3 billion in content savings. I want to talk a little bit about that content savings in a little bit, but let's keep moving as Disney plans to reorganize into three segments. Now it will be Disney Entertainment, which of course includes most of its streaming and media operations. It's going to have the ESPN division. That's going to include, of course, the TV network and ESPN Plus. And then you have the Parks, Experience, and Products unit, which will be all separate units. And also CEO Bob Iger said that the company isn't considering a spinoff of ESPN. 
Disney also did mention that they're looking to re reinstate the dividend at the end of the year. We'll see what happens on that. And just a little bonus for you guys out there. Bob Iger, Disney CEO, will be sitting down in an exclusive interview on CNBC at 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you guys see wow. Disney moving up at 9, well, I gave it to you guys a little bit early. We'll see Bob, what happens. Basically, Mitch summarized all of everything perfectly in about 90 seconds. So now we know everything about Disney from a fundamental basis. We're going to throw it to Joel here in a second for the technical yeah. basis. I just say they kind of said everything right. I mean, reinstating the dividend, that's what people wanted to hear. We heard that on the conference call. Stock was trading around 115, 116 on the pretty okay numbers. Then they said the reinstatement of the dividend and the stock, that's when the stock popped off. And you can see last night on the chart, I think we got up to, how high did we get, Mr. We got over 122. Yeah, that was right on that. As soon as they said dividend reinstatement, it ripped on that. And then it came back down and kind of just meandering and finding its home around 118. Now, again, it's not, they say we intend to. So they haven't fully said that they are reinstating the dividend. It's not official here yet. Just said on the conference call, they intend to by the end of the year. So people are looking forward to that. I mean, the earnings report was fine. Stock, the only thing I'm saying is the stock has really had a run here now. And you know what? It's 85 to 120. It's been a pretty big move. 120 yeah, level has memory for me. Yeah. I can remember this level multiple times. Um, I think long-term, you're still okay with Disney. I think short-term, it's come a long ways in a short period of time. Yeah, this is, I mean, you're uh, uh, you're looking at the upper right chart here. You're into this whole area here where you probably had a gap up after earnings reports. And it hung in there for a couple days. It got all the way up to 126.48. So that's about eight bucks away. I'm just going to stick with Triple D on this one because I don't think, who knows, if you see that pre-market high, I think that'd be a good price at uh, 122.50. Uh, but right now, I think uh, reality's set in here, and people are thinking, hey, we're filling this gap at 119.48 all the way back from August. I'm getting some of my money back, right? This decline here, more than getting their money back. Probably a lot of targets uh, at that 120 area. You're going to have to sweep up some stock in the book to open up here. But I just call them, you know, 120 right here just based on the short-term charts. If you want more than that, pre-market high, 122.50. Uh, coming back on the downside, you got a ways to go. Bottom, the top of yesterday's range, 113.33. And I just hope that they didn't cut any jobs at Blizzard Beach because I'm going to make it there. Well, they didn't cut it at uh, Blizzard Beach, but the $3 billion in content savings, I think, is an actual negative for the company. Because one thing I can clearly see is that they're not growing Disney+. Plus. They lost subscribers this time around. If you think they lost subscribers now, just wait till they start holding back that content spending and then see where those subscribers are going to go. I think this is really going to run into a brick wall. I just got Disney+. Plus. This this December, I did the ad, the ad plan, the cheaper plan, and I barely kept it for the month itself. I wanted to get rid of it after a couple of weeks. There's just nothing on there. There's nothing to watch. I'll tell you right now, Disney Plus, they need to bring some content to it because if not, it's going to be losing subscribers. We, I said that a year ago, though, and it's still not losing subscribers. And I completely agree with you here, Mitch. I rarely watch Disney Plus anymore for the simple reason is they don't have the content. There's always something new and cool on Netflix. They don't have enough content. The content they have is good. 
they don't have enough new content. They get a couple new shows a week or a new movie comes on there. There's just not enough content to even be close to Netflix. I don't even look at it anymore. The only time I go to Disney Plus, I watch the Star Wars stuff and the Star Wars comes out on. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that Mike Tyson thing, which was pretty cool too. Um, the Mike Tyson little documentary, I like that as well. But I'm 90% of the time, if I'm going to streaming, I'm going straight to Netflix. And there's always something fun and new on Netflix. They may be like watered down content, but they always have a ton of new stuff. So, I mean, they're not even close. Disney Plus is not even close to where Netflix is. Um, can they get there? They better start like spending money and they're here to cut costs. So I think they need more content on Disney Plus. Completely agree with you. Um, it's not even close to not even close to Netflix. I, I think uh, I don't know who it is. Uh, Charles Beams in the chat. Uh, kids, you know, that's all. Like, if yep. I have kids, I would unsubscribe from Disney Plus. 100 percent, Joel. If I did not have the kids, I would unsubscribe from Disney Plus. And I, I don't even know what I pay. What is it, like eight bucks a month or something? It's not it's not much. Nine bucks a month. But you know, and I pay it annual, so it's like 120 bucks and you're in there. It's not a big deal. But I mean, if I didn't have kids, there's no way. No way. I would, you know, I I like the Star Wars stuff, but hey, you find that stuff ripped off online anyways. My other buddy doesn't subscribe to Disney Plus. He's like, oh, I just watch it over here on this channel. So I I'm just uh I'm just disappointed the same way Mitch is. It's been disappointing actually, the Disney Plus. Even though the numbers are okay, the product itself. Just the content's on, not there. There's not enough of it. Yeah, I'm with Change Agent. I feel like Disney Plus is just something that you get for just one month every few months because they come out with new content yeah. and then you cut it yeah. right afterwards. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Disney, like always, figures out the way. I, I do think that a spinoff of ESPN would be better. But Bob Iger came back and he quickly said, that thought of spinning off ESPN was when I wasn't a part of the company. I think that was an interesting, as soon as he said, I came back, that's off the table. So don't even think about that team. Uh, ESPN spinning off would be good because I think they could go towards the sports gambling side and at least give themselves some growth. But they don't want to do that while they're connected to Disney. So it's going to be a little bit tough for them. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's go to Affirm Holdings now. This is kind of the disaster stock of the day. And for sure. Is it really a disaster? I mean, it's been a disaster for a while, but it disaster did get the lift as of late. Last 18 months. Yeah. Q2 EPS, a loss of $1.10, missing the loss of 98 cent estimate. Sales of 399.56 million, missed a 416.30 million estimate. They see Q3 revenue at 360 million to 380 million versus a 417.96 million estimate. Uh, so clearly seeing that revenue also go down for the fiscal year, uh, high end at $1.55 billion versus an estimate of $1.64 billion. They cut 19% of their workforce, expects to incur uh, $35 million to $39 million in total restructuring costs. It isn't looking good there for a firm. I've talked about it. I've literally been on note that I said this company will disappear this will be one of those zombies. I'm going to go with you too, Mitch. I believe a firm, and I'll go right with you. I believe a firm will eventually go bankrupt. This is just a prediction. I don't have a crystal ball. I know nothing. Don't have a position. I think either. AFRM eventually goes bankrupt. Um, I just think the model is just not there. Um, the business model of buy now, pay later, and then I think it's pay never because I think you got a lot of you know, and they think this is oh. what's really hitting them hard here now. Um, with that being said. 
With that being said, we're in this relentless buy the dip market. We're in this relentless bull market, which we are. We are in a bull market, people, you know, trying to figure out what kind of market we're in. We've been in a bull market here since October. Um, JC was saying since, since July. Uh, I don't see that. Uh, but since way October, before that, Dennis, we bite turned. your tongue. We've been in that since April. Or, well, I'm that's joking. what JC said, April or okay. May. But I'm going with October, the October lows. That's when all the value stocks, that's when a lot of other stuff like General Electric yeah. turned. And, you know, and then the growth has picked up since January. So, I mean, you're off. So a firm five days ago was $22. It just got cut in half. Nothing goes straight to zero. So I'm not shorting this dip. I'm not buying this one either, though, in the long-term account. If it shows life, I will still trade this from the long side. Um, And buy the dip mentality is still out there. This is not one I would invest in, though. I think it's uninvestable because I do believe it does eventually go bankrupt. But again, I'm not shorting it. I'm not mm-hmm. bearish the stock at this point in time because it's come down too much too quickly. I need yeah. rallies to short the stock. The stock is down way too much, way too fast. It is now oversold. Um, so right now it's a no touch for me because I don't want to buy the dip on this one because I really think the company does eventually go bankrupt. But I don't want to short it because it's too far in the hole. So I need rallies to short on this. You guys, you got between the two of you, you covered the whole gambit here. And uh, I'm just saying, you know, 2275 from 863. I mean, even if you think the company's like going to 810 bucks, I mean, today's a pretty nice gift. Well, me right? and Mitch, I think, thinks it's eventually going to like pennies. Yeah, pennies. Either. I I wouldn't be shorting it in the hole here. And I don't even know if you're going to trade under 13 bucks today. You had a real yeah. patient buyer in the 1260. Uh, the 1261 was the pre market low. Nothing great there. No 50% retracement. Really, well, only one daily level to lean on. It just looks like they're bringing in stock here and they took it up off the low. So uh, that's what I'd be looking at. Uh, shorten through the pre market low. Good luck. I think the next. The next daily low comes in around uh, eleven bucks. Now after this, eleven eighty one. But just seems like the bottom dippers are out there in this one. The bottom of yesterday's range, if and when you ever get back there, uh, parallels at sixteen bucks. So that's going to be your long term resistance. Yeah, definitely at the market uh, to be shorting those types of names too. I feel like I uh, got to know where the risk is, right, and where the reward is. I don't feel like there's much reward left there on on that meat right there's not much i mean how much you're going to get on the downside you can't there? short stocks that fall 50 percent in five days there's just <laughs> okay, too much yeah. risk involved yeah so just... i mean it's all about and 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 shorting and i and and and, and i don't we don't give financial advice in this show shorting is not for everyone if you're yeah. a long-term investor i don't think you have any business shorting stocks i never ever zero times short a stock in my long-term portfolio zero because in the long-term investment portfolio, you're trying to catch that slow drift up, buying good companies at reasonable valuations. In my day trading account, I short stocks every single day. You know I trade market neutral. So if I'm long a bunch of stocks, I'm going to be short ETFs against it. I'm always trading market neutral. So I'm probably always balancing equal longs and equal shorts because I'm trying to extract alpha. I'm not trying to just make money from a market. you know. And, and, and then sometimes I bias it. If I'm really bullish, you know, I might be a little bit long. If I'm really bearish, I might be a little bit overall short. So trading, that's fine. You have no business shorting stocks in your long-term portfolio, though, in my opinion. If you're a trader, I don't think many thing. people do. And, it, and it's dangerous, Joel. I mean, shorting yeah. stocks is dangerous. So I don't think, I think most traders should not even probably be bothering or, or getting into the short side because you get yourself into real pain. I mean, like Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, here's a somebody going bankrupt. It was two to two to eight overnight. 
I mean, just because they go bankrupt doesn't even mean they go to zero. Bankrupt stocks don't always go to zero. So just because we say a firm's eventually going bankrupt, it may not go to zero, though. It doesn't have to go to zero. They, they rarely go to zero. They usually still trade on the pinks for like pennies or something because people think they're going to emerge from bankruptcy and be something left for the shareholders at the end of it. But I, again, when we're saying, you know, we think it's going bankrupt, we're not investing in it either. Uh, for Ben, no, Ben, that doesn't include selling covered calls. Covered calls mean you have the stocks, so you may be giving up yeah. some more of the upside. So that that's a totally different story. And, and, the, and the thing about me and, you know, and just my opinion is I don't write covered calls in my long-term portfolio because I feel like you get the timing right. It's awesome. It works fantastic in a sideways market. It doesn't work well in a market that's getting killed because you're taking on too much risk still because you're still owning the stock and you're not getting enough reward. And it doesn't work well in a raging bull market either because you get called away on everything. And again, you're not getting the reward, but you took on a hell of a lot of risk. It works really well in a choppy sideways market. So, you know, in the market that maybe we're going into, maybe it's going to be a choppy sideways market. There's a place for covered call writing. But I don't write covered calls my long-term stuff. I know people love to do it because it enhances the yield. And maybe overall in the long run, it works out. But I also know I get called away on a lot of really good stocks. And sometimes you get stuck holding the bag on some really bad stocks. So you're basically giving up a lot of the reward and taking on the majority of the risk still. So just remember that. You know, even though you're getting more income, that's the, the trade-off is that you're giving up reward and taking on a lot of risk still. I think there's one exception here, and I don't know if this applies to anybody in the chat, but if you have a large concentrated position, you know, maybe you're at a company for a long time and you haven't, you know, and you don't want to sell the stock and you have just an inordinate proportion of your portfolio in one stock, there are some strategies to do that. But I mean, and, you know, it normally high uh, percentage in one stock, but uh, people, as you, people and, and Joel, people calling me out too, saying, didn't you just write covered calls in, in no. your Apple? Um, I also bought the puts. So what that was, was a market neutral position because I was pushing it out. I didn't know if I wanted to sell the stock. I didn't want to realize it. So when you do the calls and puts at the same strike, it's equivalent to a short stock position. So I literally just hedged myself without actually selling the stock. So sometimes I want to push it through a report. Sometimes I want to push. That's completely different. It's a call, but I'm the premiums you make, it's just time value of money is in there. So it, and actually all nets itself out. So when you're just doing just the covered call, though, you don't have the protection. So I do the put as well. And then I have the full protections, put call parity. You can Google that. And then you can understand what I was doing. It's called put call parity. And it's a market neutral position. So I took myself on Apple to a market neutral position, despite still owning the stock. All right, let's now go to Robin Hood. Let's the hood. It. The hood, the hood, guys. Let's take a look. Robin Hood markets Q4 EPS at a loss of 19 cents, missing the loss of 14 cent estimate. Sales at 380 million, missed the 397.1 million estimate. Robin Hood Board of Directors authorizes, uh, subject to final approval, but Robin Hood to pursue purchasing most or all of the 55 million remaining Robinhood shares that Emergent Fidelity Technologies bought in May 2022. Robinhood's balance sheet is strong right now with over $6 billion in cash. Looks like they're trying to put some of that cash to work. Um, Joel, we're just in this environment here where they're looking for risk on stocks. And I mean, the stock has been killed. So you look at Robinhood, the all-time high, $85, had no business being there. Um, obviously, that was you know three <laughs> days and it went limit up, limit up, limit up. It was up there for like a split second and then obviously crashed back down. But it has been killed. 
it has you know the january effect riding high i mean clear january effect stock eight dollars to 11 to 12 it's come a long ways here i think you're at the crossroads here it's got to build a base to maybe go higher which maybe it is going to start to do and maybe it is doing it it's just not a slam dunk easy trade anymore january effect helped us out obviously it was ugly for the entire year of 2022 i think i have no trade here uh, I think the setups for, for exactly what Dennis just talked about here. Uh, you have a, I can give you a really good technical setup to follow here. You had a, you had a trio of highs at the 10 to 80 area. So what do you like to see when something, you know, breaks out of an area? Can it prove to be support today? Will the buyers step in at the top of this range? So I think it's a lower risk buy at the top of that uh, triple top area, uh, trading at 11.04 up 57 cents. Uh, on the upside here, I think it's uh, obvious on the upside, 11.52 has been the recent high of the move. The Bulls made a run at that, getting to 11.40. Uh, so that's what I'd use. I'd use 10.80 to 11.40, 11.50 uh, for the range. If they can't hold it into the top of the range, then sure, they might beat it down here to the close. But, uh, you know, good, you know, good report. They like it. Got a little overdone. Let's see if the Bulls can get it back up there to uh, the pre-market high of 11.52. But we haven't talked – you notice how we, like, cycle through, like, stocks and everything? When is the last time we talked about Robin Hood? Because it's out of favor. Uh, well, I mean, it's out nice, in favor. Yeah. We've, it's it's January, had a nice move. But, yeah. But, yeah. Now, I don't think it's gone. anything I want to be jumping in, though, too. I mean, I think they eventually just Hood probably gets taken out, but – well, what's I think get? it does too. I'm right with Money Mitch on all these calls longer term here. We've got the same brain long term here going. Um, That's why I it's funny. So we're I've, battling I've said other. that for a while. I think eventually Robin Hood, but I think it's like a five bucks. I yeah. think it like I think eventually it continues to leak, and I think eventually somebody does take it out. I don't know when, but there's enough customers that I do think eventually one of the big dogs takes out. Unless we go, maybe we go into a raging bull market here, and the brokerages mm. get more money, and then they just go and scoop something like this up. But the, the market overall has to turn as well for that to happen. But I do think Robin Hood could get bought out eventually. But I don't think it's going to happen at 20 or $25. I actually think the stock could continue to leak and then it gets bought out. I wish we could uh, go back. When the, the insiders that sold, remember that that one day I, I always refer back <laughs> to it. We'll have to go back like months and months and months. But when those insiders come in and buy that sold, remember that one day when it was, uh, I think it was this day. If I have to almost look to the day on this, I would say it was uh, August 6th of uh, 2021. <laughs> And like, oh, we got out of a lockup. We could sell a bunch of stock. And then since that day, man, it's been downhill. But uh, it's looking okay today. Let's see if we, we can hold the range. You're right. Uh, a bull, it kind of got through the Bitcoin thing, right, with the FTX. That tarnished it a little bit. But uh, so far, having a good year. So you, you can't argue with the performance trading up here in today's session, 56 cents. Uh, just to put it on the radar, Vlad did sell about a hundred thousand shares in the last kind of like month. Well, less really, than, less than like two weeks. He sold on the sixth about eighty-three thousand shares, and he sold on the second about nineteen nine hundred shares. So, I don't know. If that's a good sign there. You're seeing your CEO selling out here down at these prices. Just sold with those. They're guys. always selling some though. 
So I, mean, I don't know how many he has, but <laughs> the, I just the, wanted to put that on the radar. They're constantly. I mean, you look Zuckerberg, and he's constantly selling Facebook, which I'll call Facebook forever. I mean, they just have so much stock, so they gotta like go buy their mansions and their toys pay, and all yeah, the other things, know. pay for their divorces. I mean, th- <laughs> this is this is what they need to do. So they're always just a seller from an insider. So they're giving I, I don't you really 4.5 percent of that. your money. They're giving you 4.5% of your money if you have money on Robinhood in their account. So, hey. Are they giving that much? There's an alternative out there, Four and man. a half? Four and a half. IB, I think, is 3.9. I was looking it up. I think they're like giving 3. four and a half, Dennis. IB might be four. Maybe I should move to Robinhood. Okay, Little 20 hood. seconds. Oh, oh yeah. Dino, yeah thank you. We got. I got Thomas it. No worries, going. team. We Wait, got Dennis, you. Get to it. Dennis, are you sitting down? Are you sitting yeah, you down? Know why? Because everybody said I was rocking too much yesterday. I was going back and forth. You're dancing. Standing. I'm not used to standing. I was going like this. And people said they thought My they were on a cruise over ship. So I have to sit to do the show now. They're forcing me to sit to do the show. Let's go. Jobs <laughs> claim. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Estimate boom. 190. Prior 183. Yeah. What will happen? Nothing. What will happen? Oh, wait, will wait, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. I'm trying to buy them. A little, little pop, little pop, Wait. little pop, little pop, little Wait. pop. I'm looking for it. Wait. Will we get Still it? waiting. We got a 3.5. There it is. 196,000 versus 190,000. We finally went over. Can you believe it? We're finally not trending it down. Seems like crickets are out there on this number. 196,000 yeah. versus 190,000 estimates. So at least finally, finally, a little bit of a hotter jobless claims number. A little bit, pretty, but it's only at 196,000. Yeah. Unfortunately, pretty quiet, yes. Yeah, pretty quiet, pretty quiet. Next. I'll give you guys at fun. least a number here. There it is. There it is, team. There's also continuous jobless claims coming out and a four-week average, uh, but I haven't seen that one slide through there. I'll, I'll let you guys mention it if it does start making stocks move but we can keep going through some others earnings and in a second we'll be getting into our interview we got tommy lackey coming soon team oh, smash yeah. the like tape bomb lackey all right let's keep going let's get to another report here let's go now to win resorts mm, who's winning let's get to win, win resort q4 eps loss of a dollar 23 missing the loss of 91 cent estimate uh, and then sales the at market. one billion beat the nine hundred and fifty-eight point zero zero million estimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Woo. seems like it doesn't matter, right? Forget, well, forget the what they do world. on the earnings. Phew. I'm with that. Report it doesn't even matter. They just buy them anyways. Joel, win miss. Eh, we don't care. Don't we're buying care. casino stocks here because we're in a bull market here now. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, they're, they're, the numbers actually don't look that great. But yeah. it's been going up nonstop after hours. You can't argue with type action. That's what they're buying. Uh, they got that initial surge off the 4 a.m. open up to 109.97. Uh, I don't see anything there. Uh, yeah, they're so the, excited. the pajama traders there got excited. The I don't traders. see anything um, in the dailies to really lean on that. I would just say I see support now. Really support coming at the 105 area. I know that doesn't do you any good with stock training at 108.80. Uh, but, you know, look at your target here, 110 on the upside with the pre-market high. And uh, I guess I, I wouldn't do anything. I'd wait till, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Tillman Fertitta. I would wait till he sells stock because this is the Till- Tillman Fertitta rally. I believe it was on this day 
uh, when we gapped up that he disclosed uh, a big purchase. That man's winning. Just, and we just, he just, we never looked back. We never filled the gap. Killing then, it, man. And then the analysts were like, woohoo, man, let's uh, upgrade it. Got all these upgrades. Uh, bit a nice move coming back. So uh, one of the top of yesterday's range at 104.38, actually a couple highs. So longer term, maybe wait till it comes back to support at 104. Not shorten it. Really don't have an area to lean on. Looks like they're also planning a private offering of 600 million uh, senior notes due in 2031. So definitely push that back out. We'll see what happens there. Let's all keep these moving. entertainment stocks, people are still in the experience mode and they're all consistently, you know, win. And then you can go MGM where they had earnings here last night and mm -hmm. they're beating MSG, Madison Square Garden Entertainment beat here. People are doing stuff, man. They don't care to pay to do it. They're finding the money. We keep saying, I don't know where they're finding the money. Maybe they're really boring and everywhere they can, but they are finding the money to do stuff and it has not stopped. Yeah. It's either going to lead to a really bad consumer in the long run, or it's just Goldilocks. Right or now, they're, it's or they're doing stuff like not buying clothing because we saw Capri and we saw oh. Nordstrom. They're not buying certain things, but they still want to do experiences, YOLO. So, I mean, this is where the market is at. You know, airlines are still hot. Casinos are still hot. Madison Square Gardens, you know, they're doing stuff. I don't and know if that's true buying new clothes is just not the cool thing to do right now. Look at Ralph Lauren, though. Ralph Lauren reported today they beat and beat. But there you go. So I guess they're doing, they're finding Ralph Lauren, but Capri, holy, was that ever a disaster? Yeah. That, uh, but then again, it's Capri. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Well, I was on I, the best of breed, Capri. What who, are you talking about, man? I, I, I don't know. I, all -time highs almost. I don't buy Capri clothes. You but, don't. Uh, I don't either, but we can't argue <laughs> with the chart. That was close to an all time high, Joel. Yeah, uh, it, it's right actually it, it got a little juicy in 2014 when it oh, got to it? triple no, digits, but good enough. I mean, when you're looking at your chart, multi-year, the, the, multi-year ties. Yeah, the yeah. What what brands do they have, Capri? I don't even know. That's the best. He acts like he it. doesn't know. Meanwhile, he's got a whole closet full of Capri clothes. What what are they? I thought Capris were like actually, women's pants, either. half pants, woman's pants, or something. <laughs> I think it's like Michael Kors. Um, really? I know Michael Kors is a part of it. Um, Trying to see what other kind of clothes is in there. Um, yeah, it just says uh, it was founded in 81 by American designer Michael Kors. The company sells clothes, shoes, watches, handbags, and other accessories. Put it this way. I have none of the <laughs> none of this. But, hey, it, it definitely took the big beating. We'll see what happens on this one. Uh, does it own Versace? Let's see here. It looks oh, like yeah. it. You know, you got some Versace's. Oh, Robert. yeah. The, Jim, the Jimmy Choo. Jimmy, Jimmy Choo. Choo Versace. Jimmy Choo, bro. Come they on, got man. Everything, Joel. But all you know the expensive they stuff. Stock anymore. Super expensive stuff. Let's just say that. Not what you want, probably, in this environment. I don't know. It, it, apparently not. We should have been talking about this yesterday, I guess, or two uh, yesterday's Capri fifty dollars. Not much of a bounce. Look at Dillard so. going for that all-time high. You Who can't knows? stop Dillard. Can't we have stop, no idea. We have said on this show for the <laughs> ten years we have done this show, and it's close to ten years, I believe, we've been doing this show. I have never understood <laughs> Dillard's. DDS <laughs> just does their own thing. They don't care. The stock just goes up. They I don't it get it. Half. I've never got it. Macy's and they destroyed. Cole's destroyed. Dillard's doesn't matter. It's Dillard's. And even though they look like identical to a Macy's for whatever reason, 
the stock just continues to go. Remember, I had that preferred stock forever. The DDT, Capital Trust stock, it's still there, Joel. They're still, as well as they were doing, they're still 7.39%. They were paying 7.5% in a 1% environment. They didn't even care because they were making so much money. They didn't call it in. That trust security was callable years ago. And they don't call it. It was callable in 2007, I believe. And they don't, I kept thinking, they're going to call it in. They're going to call it in. They're going to call it in. I'm not going to continue to get the 7.5. They just kept paying the 7.5. Now the seven and a half is actually not that great because we went up so much on the risk-free rate. So I have no idea what they're doing. Still paying seven and a half percent. Obviously, they don't know or care because they're just making so much money everywhere else. But I have no idea, Dillard. It's, it's a whole different animal. It's like a cult, DDS. It is. And it ain't going it is. away. <laughs> it is. It is. And it ain't going away. Don't get in front of this train. I've always said, I, I, I've wanted to short it, but I'm like, no, 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 Mitch. You know better. Price action tells us what? That stock don't, just don't never stops. Don't get in front of that up. train. Don't yeah. get in front. All right. It, let's it go. never stopped going up years ago. I didn't get it years ago either. I mean, I guess in 2017, 2018, 2019, kind of just hung out. But since 2020, they love Dillard's. I mean, they cut it to 200. They cut half of it and they it got right back. Got it right back. Right back up. Like, I'm not fighting this stock Can't anytime stop soon. It. Can't Don't stop, stop. Won't well, stop. You know it, Dennis. You owe me a trade. A hundred thousand shares <laughs> a day. Wow. All right, let's get to our guest today. You guys might know a little bit of something about something that we talk about on this show called tape bombs. You guys ever heard that? Well, we got the man himself that brought the term to us. Might not have been the originator, but I'll tell you one thing. Sure, he's he is. definitely he's brought it to the trend. Let's get to the action. Tommy Lackey. What's going on? Hey guys, Tommy? how are you? Good to have you back. Doing great. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. We've had a few tape bombs here, but the market just absorbs them and doesn't care and goes higher anyways. So what are your thoughts here? We, we Last time we had you, it was before earnings season. We were expecting a few tape bombs. We got a few tape bombs, but... This market is just resilient right now. We're in the same thing we discussed before. And and basically, I'm lucky, I guess, to have what I had thought come true, kind of come to fruition so far, is that so many people were expecting weakness at the beginning of the year. When we didn't get it, good investors shifted. You know, good, whether it be portfolio managers, mid or long term, said, well, I kind of got to give it a shot. And uh, since then, you're right. We've seen so much resilience. I mean, the, the best thing to look at is how many days we've started with the futures down first thing in the morning. And either by open or by the close, we're back into positive territory or yeah. darn close. That's a lot of buying trying to come in there during the actual trading days that hasn't been there in months. Is this just because there's just too much cash on the sidelines and they're all now FOMO and they're like, you got money manager on the left that's fully invested and you're competing with them and you're sitting with 30, 40% cash, even myself. And you're looking like, wow, you know, I've really screwed up here. I've got to get this money back to work. Is that why? That's a lot of it. I mean, that yeah. is a lot of it. And they're also saying that a lot of it's, you know, retail people jumping back in, which I don't doubt. But at the same time, it's something we've got to be, we've got to realize again, this is where, Individuals like myself, technical analysts are going to stick to the chart, stick to the volume, stick to the breadth. And it's all been improving, you know, and it's one of those scenarios to where do I still think there are issues ahead? Absolutely. Do I think those issues ahead are going to come and visit us? Maybe second half. It may be a little longer than that. Yeah, probably. If the Fed continues to, as I call it, fight the wrong battle, 
letter I wrote to my clients is they're just fighting the wrong battle at this point, trying to fight goods inflation and things of that sort. When the issue we run into now is the lack of workers and too much government money going out there, giving the incentive not to work. So we don't really have a productivity incentive, which is something we've always had in our country when we're successful. So what do you do now? We've had a pretty good move here. January effect has happened. We've ran up in the stocks. Are we just continuing to going to go all-time highs next stop? Is that where we're heading here? And then we'll worry about it in the second half, Tommy? No, or has there been, you know, and you've been right. Has it been a good enough run that, you know, like even take a stock like Disney. I mean, we've went from 85 up to $118 here now, basically straight up in just over a month. This yeah. is a big move. Is this like oh. just con- going to continue to go 140, 150, 160? Or are we due for a pullback on some of these stocks that have really had big moves? Well, absolutely. And this is the part that a lot of people miss. And this is the key to um, good analysis and using your chart work and all that to work with you. This certainly could be another false move, just like we saw all last year, just a little bigger to suck a few more people in. There's nothing that says that's not it. However, we are seeing a lot of the internal signs, the mental signs, like I said, starting out at the lows and closing on the highs, things like that, that are showing that buyers are showing strength. Do we pull back? Absolutely, we should. And that's where if you're doing the work daily and you have the diligence, you're going to find really good setups if this leg is real for now. That's two things I want to put in there. One is that we really could roll back over and the Fed could really come out and just pound things back down. Now, do I think they're going to have as much success as they did last year? At this point, no. I still think the first half is going to lean strong because of just kind of the liquidity out there and things like that that are improving even in the face of the Fed's rhetoric. However, um, any good technician knows that a run like this, a surge like this across so much breadth and so much time, those are often initiation moves. Initiation moves. Again, every next leg starts with a bounce. And then you try to read the internals of that bounce to see where the strength is. We've heard about all the breadth thrusts. We've heard about all these different things, and those are real. But that doesn't mean we can't have a 10% pullback and still run. And that's the hard part right here. After getting kicked in the face on these runs last year, every time it happened, that's where you got to be nimble and be willing to take a little off here, but then re-engage as soon as you see the setup you want. That's why people like Joe Fami and people like that talk about it. It's always about making sure you find your setup. Don't let the markets entice you into their setup. What's the Tommy Lackey version right now? So you're taking profits and sitting on the sidelines and waiting for your setup here. Well, I have I have in the last week or so started taking a little bit. When I say a little bit, I mean like 20% of what I had. See, I went into a lot of tech in the uh, middle of the end of October. Yeah. I added a lot back to tech, probably 15 to 18% of the portfolio back to it. And then uh, January 4th, I added the communications because it just had such a beautiful signal. Well, those are time to take some profits on those, even though I think they probably are going to go higher into this first half. But it's a scenario to where, you know, consumer services, since January 1, I'm up over 20, almost 25% in a matter of a month it makes no sense not to take 25% of that or 30% of that off the table and see if I can get a ratcheting pullback, which means when it ratchets back down, maybe I add that back or if I find another setup I like better. But, you know, let me, do you mind if I share my screen, Mitch? I would love for you to share your screen. All right. Well, let me find 
Um, how do I do this? No worries. Present at the bottom. You'll see at the top. Share you'll see some got it. tabs. Entire screen, a Chrome tab, and then boom, we'll get it up there. All right, I'm going to do the Chrome tabs. Boom, Perfect. boom. And I am going to start here. Now, oh, wait, let's do window. Sorry, guys, I know this takes half You're a good. second, but I promise no, I problem. I'd rather right, see so your screen anyways. So That's the reason I want to show you guys this, and this is this is my power investing site. I do want to make a quick apology to a lot of people. I know a lot of you guys signed up for my power investing email over the last year, and I haven't been sending out stuff because I've been trying to get the website where I want it. Trust mm -hmm. me, all this data is still accurate and good. I'd say come to it, and I will start writing again once I get those charts fixed. But great data here. And here shows that we've seen in my three-month relevant shrink that I follow, we've seen a lot of things starting to jump up here that are your cyclical, are your more growth-oriented sectors, and they've moved their way up fast with some really strong returns. Now, this is power-investing.com for anybody who wants to go look at it themselves. It updates every day. Can but you give me a quick little zoom, it? Tommy? Can you give me a little zoom in? Can you give me a little Can zoom I in? Zoom in? Yeah, 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 just I to see it. Little top bit right dots. Clear. Top right dots there on the right-hand side. Top right, you can be able to get a little zoom in. Oh, they want to zoom in there? Okay, yeah, sure can. Perfect. There you see, we that's go. where I'm a Luddite. I don't really understand. This I love it. That's what, that much. don't worry, we got you. There we go. Now I can see it good. But so here, you know, this ranks our sectors. This gives us a start to where things are and all that. And technology, consumer discretionary, consumer services have been the leaders. I hopped in consumer services when it made this jump from, you know, in the lows, eight or nine after being there for months up into the 50s or 60s. But when you say, what am I doing? What am I looking at? I'm continuing to look at charts, and I think you have to follow those. But these pullbacks, these runs like this, 20% over the last quarter, 10 plus percent over the last month for an entire sector is a lot. A lot of these ETFs are doing a lot higher than that. So when we look through this data, yes, I think it probably is time for a pullback. There is a good bit. I'm going to move this window up. The breadth has remained very strong off the first of the year and continues. There will be a chart over here on the left eventually. But now I'm gonna switch over to an actual set of charts for us to look at a couple of things because I think we have to recognize that there is still a lot of really nice charts set up. These technology and software things like that, like let's just look at uh, XSW. You know, software is one that's been a hard run bottom but the side of this chart, you're still on this right side of the chart that that weekly chart is just now getting up to a point. Now, do I think we have a pullback? Great. That'd be fine because we've made runs up into a lot of previous resistance. And this is the telltale time for the markets as a whole, especially a lot of these growth names. Now, again, I do think you'd be smart if you're not going to use ETFs to stick to growth that actually has earnings because that stuff is going to continue to be important as the Fed continues to push. If the Fed continues to fight the wrong battle and push on the interest rate side, keeping inflation high, and, and we don't get any fiscal responsibility out there, I think we're going to have problems at the second half there because a lot of people in a lot of this move is expecting them to pivot. I think they're more likely to pause and not pivot, and that's going to be more consternation towards the end of the year than people think. But where we are now, I think we got to follow these charts. I think we got to look for a pullback. A two-week pullback would be wonderful. If we don't get it, it would be more important. 
may not be better, but it would be more important. And what I mean by that is, is one to two week pullback would give us nice setups, would bring us back into where we need to be. However, um, markets don't always work with us the way we want. And if you're going to start again, that tells something as well. That shows you there's a lot of underlying buying, a lot of underlying strength there for now until the narrative changes. So I think you still buy. I think you make sure you keep raising your stops with you. And I think you basically, until we see some signs that this strength is reversing, I think you have to stick with this as a new move. Now, I just put up one of my favorite charts out there because everybody keeps talking about oil and things like that and how it keeps getting killed and going down and all this. This is why you've got to look at the chart. Look at this chart of OIH. This chart is absolutely gorgeous. Mm, Probably one like of the most beautiful charts in the market. Yet two days ago, it had a huge sell-off or three days ago, it had a huge sell-off and everybody said it was over again. And again, stick with your charts, stick with your data. This is absolutely beautiful. I mean, look how it's got basically a small cup and handle here on the weekly chart. It's now above that working across in a flag and now working back to the top of that flag. Mm -hmm. RSIs are all in ranges, all moving. I mean, things like that are the parts that people will get in the narrative on FinTwit that, oh, oil is going down, oil services has to follow, and really miss the idea that someone like Chai Girl talks about is that basic, that Tracy talks about is that basically, you know, most of these companies are set up for oil. They can profit as long as oil is at $50 a barrel higher. So at 75 or 80, they're still doing pretty strong. And that's why we're still, still seeing so many earnings out of these different companies. I mean, this sets up for the rotation too here, Tommy. If you think growth is a little bit long in the tooth and it's had a pretty good run, they don't seem to rotate like everybody thinks they just go growth to cash. They don't. They've been going no. growth to value, value to growth, and it keeps going back and forth. I mean, 2022 was a fabulous year for a lot of value names. Because well, that's a super, they, but yep. that's a super important concept that I think we need to keep in uh, tact here or keep in mind here as well. That's important for people to realize as to why this might not be as bad a downturn as like 2008 or 2003 or whatever in the long run is that factor right there. Is it something I've told my clients for two decades is, and this is since I'm such a big sector rotation type person and all that anyway, that's really my niche as it is, is that ro markets rotating are the best thing you can possibly ask for. The only time we start worrying is when we actually see the money leaving the market. I don't care where it goes within the market as long as we can identify it. And if you can be that way, you can really have a better view on trying to maneuver these different types of, you're not going to catch every move. You're still going to be down in big down years sometimes and all that, but it gives you that opportunity to realize that I'm not just someone who can only trade tech or can only trade this because as long as the money is moving within the markets, like you just said, then there's mm -hmm. going to be some floor under these markets because there is a lot of cash still out there. And the Fed is not going to stop it all up. They're on a mission right now, but they'll buckle eventually, and they're not going to take it all off. So we're still going to have more cash on the on the sidelines and on the markets than we did five years ago, no matter how much they try to remove. The, the money that Washington threw out there was just too big. Um Right. I mean, the, the, the timing of it with the with the pandemic and everything, sure. they had to do it. But um you know, I'm, I'm getting, uh, you know, signals here from you. What's going to be the tipping point here? Because I think we're at a really important juncture in the market. You know, you've had the nice rally 2023. So goes January. So goes the market. 
hit a little bit of resistance. The Bears have definitely, they've had some fodder. They've had some fodder. The Fed has not pivoted. Earnings have not been great. Guidance has been worse here. What what do you think? What what's the tipping point? What's going to get us like that clear blast over forty two hundred? Take out the September December low uh, highs and just mosey on up to forty three hundred. Or you know what? Let's just use the low from uh, from what, when Pump and Powell was on. Let's just call it forty one hundred. What what do you look for? Is that we're through earnings season? CPI is that the next thing it's going to be hinging on? The CPI data coming out next week. I mean, sure, that's going to be your next callus and all that, but I still think we're kind of in the beginning of the year, the kind of seasonality, the kind of getting over such a cruddy year last year, that those things, while they are playing, as long as there is a liquidity out there, and and I saw some different charts on liquidity, market liquidity and all that, and it has been increasing since the beginning of January, not decreasing, even with the Fed raising. So as long as that liquidity is allowed out there, then we're going to continue to see these markets somewhat supported. It's going to be a question of whether the Fed does push too far um, because there is a lot of good growth. There's a lot of good things going on out there. I mean, I was, I'm was i dumbfounded by the fact that housing and ITB can be as high as it is right now with what's going on. I think that may be a shoe to drop that's still going to be a negative part of the market. But again, these days we have so much ability for bifurcation that Housing could end up getting crushed the next two years and industrials and things like that could do well because of all the government money being thrown out there with all these different plans. I mean, solar, things like that. Whereas had a tough day yesterday with Enphase, but I still think those are areas there's so much government money from all around the world flowing to those areas. You have to be paying attention and you have to realize that those are going to have not the Fed put, maybe the Washington put for now. All right. Well, like always, we get a lot from you, Tommy, whether it be tech. Today, we even got a little energy. So I appreciate you coming on, talking a little bit about these oil stocks. I've been watching the move, see if it's going to break. We'll see what happens. Just to mention some of those top names in that OIH. I I see SLB, Halliburton, names like that. I'll keep an eye on, on those. Thank you. Like always, Tommy, coming on and bringing us some gold. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Also, look at IAI which is the brokers. There's also a bunch in there that looks really good right now. Have a great day. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. All right, let's take a look into the market. How are we seeing right now? I I wanted to talk solar. Holy, what a reversal. And, you know, I was saying I would not fade that ENPH rally. I could not have been more wrong because fading that ENPH rally was the exact thing to do. Very, very surprised that they gave her back that hard. Like, that was a complete reversal. It took all the solar for a significant ride where tan was way higher, NPH was way higher. It opened top tick and just tanked. So it's a complete key reversal. Closes lower. I mean, just a mess, that candle. Um, mm-hmm. It shows you, you know, there's just this rotation and it's violent in some places. Trying to figure it out. This has been a tricky market to figure out. You got a little bit of a random walk there. And, you know, and you think solar is going to come back. It's been beat up. Well, you know what? Solar actually had a pretty good 2022 is a little bit of the trouble there, which we talked about as well. And right now, I think what, you know, I maybe missed on it yesterday is the stocks that have had good 2022s are getting sold on good earnings reports. And the stocks that have had bad 2022s are getting bought on weak earnings reports. So you got to just keep this, the rotation there. Solar actually was okay in 2022. It was up. And I think that's what I missed. 
Yeah, I'm fighting myself on not shorting first solar early. I'm trying to see if it can cut through 160 first, but we'll see what happens there. That one's been a really strong. Probably we for a while we considered EMPH the leader. First solar back the, as the leader here. I say you watch first solar. It's going to give us a lot of tell. All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look at some other reports. I know we got some more that we can run through. Let's let's go to. Um, I did want to mention, I don't know if you guys think it's important, but the Abbott Labs acquired uh, cardiovascular systems, that's CSII, for $20 yeah. a share for an equity value of approximately $890 million. Are these healthcare companies going to start making their way back? They've been just dropping, dropping the beginning part of this year. What do you think about that? Dennis? I think long term, I think they're buys, but I think short term, it's just rotation. We're in a growth market right now. It's not the kind of stocks that they want. I mean, we can see what's happened with Abby since the beginning of the year, straight down. I sold my Abby. I would like to rebuy my Abby at some point in time. Um, I think we just got rotation here where value is still out of favor here right now. I think it will come back into favor. But it's like this value growth pendulum. All you're doing is seeing the swing. And this year has not been the value for the, the, the year for value 2022 was. So your drugs, you know, and everything that you loved in 2022 is underperforming massively in 2023 because of that rotation into high growth zombie companies. You know, we're going into a full bull market here again. And a bull market, those stocks underperform. But they will turn again. There will be that turn again. Right now, I don't see any signs of growth slowing, though. Tesla is my leader here. Tesla, you know, and I thought the 200 could be a fake out. It doesn't appear to be because you got the breakout yesterday. And if you were saying breakout becomes a fake out, well, at 207, a pop of $6 today would put a pretty good damper on this. And if this is the fake out, it's a really impressive one. So, I mean, you're breaking out here again over the 200 on Tesla. It's up 100% in a month. Doesn't matter. It's continuing to go. It's my leader for growth as long as Tesla's holding up. I'm more comfortable in growth stocks. Even Carvana, people are talking on the chat here this morning. A company that is teetering on bankruptcy. But right now, not that da. We're into zombie companies. We're into companies burning cash. We're into those growth names because we got Powell on our back because he keeps talking about disinflation. So right now, you can't argue that the growth trade is still riding the tracks and going down fairly or going up fairly quickly. Yeah, there's uh, uh, you're moving up over 200. Just kind of bounce uh, bounced around there for a couple days. You got a nice move. Things are thin here between 200 and 220. Only one daily high in there, right at the 209 area that coincides with uh, with the pre market high. But uh, you know, if you're looking for cover in here, really not much until the uh, the pair of highs just over 220, uh, 221.20 and 223.80. It'd be a a big move. To today but uh you know if the sps can you know finally get back into you know clear the highs from the last couple days get back in the 4200 handle uh why the heck not if you're looking to buy this on a dip uh the top of yet not too far the top of yesterday's range and i've seen tesla do this before come down and just fall a little bit into the previous day's range uh that comes in at 203 Buy the dip mentality and growth. And again, I'd be careful shorting a firm here in the hole down $2.50 despite yeah, me hating the, the fundamentals of the company. <laughs> this is the kind of company they probably buy the dip on. And so you've got to respect that. It was down at $12.80. They're already starting to try to buy the yep, dip. I'd rather find a better that. one than that. You know, you know, I bought the dip on Ford. That's starting to look a little bit better yeah. here again. You know, <sighs> the only reason I bought the dip on Ford was because they bought the dip on Intel. And I'm like, well, you Ford's know what was doing a, a hell dip? of a lot better than Intel. 
yesterday that was nice was the Uber dip. I sold it a little early. I, I did get the dip pretty nice there. I got it at 35.03 oh, wow. nice on that price, pullback, yeah. um, but sold it at 36 because I was just trying to ride it back to the VWAP, the average price, but they buy them back. And I was looking for that similar play. It seems to be working. Anything that kind of dips, buy the dippers, Gro- come in growth, and take though. it. You, if, right now, it's growth buying on dips and it's value selling on rips. On That's rips. the kind of market 100%. that we have been in in 2023. That has not changed. If Tesla gets killed and all of a sudden that can turn it. Tesla is still your leader for growth. Tesla is still your leader for growth. Keep watching Tesla. Tesla being up seven bucks a day is going to lift a lot of growth stocks. At least in the morning. Tesla turns. That's my leader. All I do, why I make money consistently, is just looking at the intricate, identifying the leaders and trading the laggards. What's going to follow? I'm telling you, all those growth names, all those Kathy-type names, some Mm -hmm. of them are going to open up. Not much today. And some of them are going to maybe move up. If Tesla continues to move up, they're going to start to move up too. There's an opportunity there. Right now, growth is still in favor. Tesla's still breaking out. Until Tesla breaks, it is impossible to you know or not impossible but it's it's very unlikely to make money shorting other growth names when tesla breaks then there's gonna be different a trade story to short some of these growth names 100%. i know All right, and what you gotta up, do. yeah i'm gonna hop here in a second just itching up towards uh the pre-market high of uh 41.70 in a quarter so mm. just to see it seems to be an absence of sellers here um off the open uh we will look on the upside here i mean there's a couple levels but uh Really, that the the four day high forty one ninety four would be a nice target on the upside. That's only uh, thirty handles away. In order to post a new closing high for the move, uh, forty one ninety one fifty is what we need to improve on. So that's it. I'll be back later on. Everyone have a good trading day. And so, all right, and Spinner and Spinner <laughs> point out just so I'll finish my thought and then I got you, my off, friend. You, know, you can go, but Spinner pointing out great Not Nvidia too. Nvidia on your leader screen as well. This stock mm-hmm. has been unbelievable. It's better saying the P is up to 90 now. Um, I haven't looked at it for a bit, but that probably adds up because when I was looking at the lows, it yeah. was like around 40. And I was still like, I was like, I don't feel like paying 40 times. I feel like more like paying 30 times. And I was too cheap. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've earned it's expanded now, and obviously the earnings aren't growing as much as they were. Crazy moves. Like, I mean, you know, if you're a long-term investor, you ring the register here, I won't argue with you, but in the short term. Man, continue to make new highs. And right now, this chat GPT is driving NVIDIA. Don't kid yourself. As you continue to see this exactly. going higher, yeah. AI and chips, the, the NVIDIA chips are behind it. So, I mean, sneaky. And I think Kramer even mentioned that as well. But NVIDIA is getting driven by this whole chat GPT talk, too. That will cool off. All of these stocks will cool off. But until you start seeing NVIDIA and Tesla have bad days, it's hard to start shorting all these other Kathy type growth type zombie type names. So, let's wait. You know, mm-hmm. from my perspective, I'm not going to get bearish those names until I see NVIDIA. Boom. Key reversal. Opens up five, then closes down 15 or something. Or Tesla. Opens up 10, then closes down 10. I mean, those mm-hmm. are reversals that can turn, you know, the tide. But we haven't really seen that yet. Even on Tesla, we've seen a couple days where it's pulled back. But we're still holding that trend. Take your Jeff Mackey. Hey, Jeff, if you're listening. Purple crayon. Draw your line. Dry I like the 9 EMA. Purple That's crayon. what I'm using there. That's or that light blue line there. Do you use the movie nine EMA. that Mitch is using? I like doing the purple crayon. He's got a nice little line. Draw the line. Until it starts breaking Look. that line, the growth, the trend is still intact. So draw Same your nice. Same thing with you Tesla, draw right? a line for me. Same thing draw with the Tesla. Night. I want a purple. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jeff you want, I don't, I don't do purple. Crayon. But... I love you, Jeff. Purple crayon. I don't, I don't have trade. All the years on Fast Money. 
That's one of the I'll best tips boy. that was ever given out on Fast Money. Jeff Mackey, purple crayon. There's your purple for you. <laughs> there it is. Jeff, it's for you. Jeff Mackey was awesome. We always love Jeff. Yeah, the reason I like the 9 EMA is because it's used on the MACD indicator. And I think that a lot of traders use that MACD indicator. So I use the 9 EMA for pullbacks, especially to show me when stocks are trending higher. Look at the market overall. I've been saying that also for the market. Look at this light blue line here. Every time we pull back, we bounced off of it. We expand away, we pull back to it. So until we close below that, I still, I still think, uh, especially the trend traders, they're just following these moving averages up. And they're going to keep following it until we start seeing closes below those moving averages, especially close ones like EMA, or maybe it's a 10-day simple moving average. Well, there you guys see it, SPY continuing higher. And if anything, I know that a lot of people think that we're overbought in this market, but my RSI indicator keeps me a little bit more telling me that we could push higher. Remember, in August, we got to a high on the RSI towards around 83 we haven't even gotten past 77. There's so let's see if we, there's more room for the run. And that's why I'm not fighting it either, because clearly it's trying to tell me that we still have room for at least another nice push. And I think that could get us closer towards the 420s, maybe even that 430 level, somewhere in between there. I could see us pushing into. We'll find out. I like will, always, I will turn bearish on all these things when Tesla has the big reversal day. I'm waiting for okay. that. It could be today. It, it could, could be, be. Minutes you never now. know. It could be two days from now. It could be two weeks from now. But I think you got to wait to be bearish all these other names until you see that reversal. So, and obviously, you know, things can stay overbought for a long time. So just because it's doubled in a month, yeah. Is it overbought? Sure it is. Things stay overbought and get more overbought. So hard. I like to wait until I have proof. And that's usually on a big reversal day. I mean, Microsoft, to a certain extent, had a reversal day yesterday. Um, it has yeah. been running and running and running chat GPT. Yeah, so that's a, a little there. bit concerning. If you're a Microsoft bull and you're getting the snapback rally here today, I'd actually ring the register in Microsoft. If I was there, people were all like, oh, they're taking Google. They were saying on CNBC this morning, Mitch, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're all going to bang everything in the future. But somebody was saying on CNBC that Microsoft is going to take over search and be the and Bing's going to be the number one search. Engine. So wrong. So Bing's going to be the number one search, and we're going to stop Googling. But ChatGPT is going to change it, and eventually Microsoft Bing. We're all going to Bing everything because of ChatGPT. So I wrong. think it's wrong. So I, wrong. I, I don't even consider using Bing. There's, all, there's another factor to keep in mind: the advertising that Google has. Who wants to go away from advertising on Google? Well, they're going to advertise search on Bing. Gets better on Bing, the advertisers will go over there. I think you're reaching here. So as reaching. much as Google has yeah. been punished, and it was punished, it should have been punished yesterday for the AI thing. That was ridiculous. I mean, you're trying to you know promote <laughs> something, and it gives the wrong answer. It should have gone down ten bucks yesterday. It deserved that. Yeah, but it did. with that being said. There's other people who reaching out to me and saying, hey, this chat GPT stuff is not perfect. And the other ones give wrong answers sometimes too. So it was bad luck. They asked a question and gave the wrong answer. Yes. You know, it's going to give the right answer most of the time, probably. But the technology is not perfected yet. And don't kid yourself that Microsoft chat GPT or, or you know, whatever product they're working on is not, it's going to have hiccups along the way as well. So I don't know. Obviously, Google's completely out of favor here now. Microsoft's completely in favor. And that can stay for a bit. But I don't like the candle yesterday at Microsoft. I didn't I'd either. I was starting to see a little bit. Today. I was starting to see a little bit of some relationship breakdown. We'll see what happens if these continue or not. 
I think we just got to keep watching, like you said, the growth names. The growth names yes. will tell us. Tesla yes. will tell us. So let's keep an eye out on that. And it's not just a small hit down on Tesla. It's an elevator move down. That's what I'm looking for. If we are going to get the breakdown, I think it's going to be big. It's not these little pullbacks that we've been seeing on the hourlies where it just gets to buy the dip mentality right back in it. That's where Tesla trapped yesterday. It went right back through that 195 where a lot of traders were looking to short. I know because I was watching the price action. Even I was looking to short at the level at one point. And then it went right back below it really quickly, went to 194.31, caught some shorts again, and then boom, right back up to the 200. Doesn't want to turn around right now. Let's not fight the tape until the tape tells us that it's turned around. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. We'll bring you guys over to live trading action straight out of pre-market prep. That's what Dennis Shirt said there. Straight out of pre-market prep. You know it. You guys smash the like button. We'll keep going. We'll bring you guys over now to live trading action. And guess what? Today is a special day. We're trying a new stream here. We're going to go live trading all the way until 12 or 12.30. Then we're going to get into a swing trading session at 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. So if you guys want to check out the new swing trading show, of course, brought to you by your only guy right here, Money Mitch. I got you guys. I'm going to start doing some more and more swing trading. Of course, I'm going to keep the size small to keep things small so I can take multiple trades. But if you guys want to come and check out some swing trading action, check it out today, 3 p.m. Eastern. That will start up. And like always, smash the like button if you guys enjoy all the action we do here on pre-market prep. And for you guys that like at the close, there's a new show, The Closing Print by Pre-Market Prep. You guys can check that out on the Pre-Market Prep channel, of course, if you guys want to keep up with Joel L. Conan. Trading in the zone this Sunday will continue at 4 p.m. Eastern. We've got a lot of people adding to the book club every single day. We get more members. That's what I want to hear. Let's keep it growing. I'm throwing up the link right now if you guys haven't joined. And let's bring you guys to always swinging, baby. Always swinging for the fence. Ooh, the only way I know. Dropping bombs, baby. I can't wait till the season starts and I get to show you guys me dropping some bombs. We're almost there. You guys out there judge me on that hitting 90. Get ready when you guys see that bomb. I'm ready to go ahead and hit a bomb on live trading. You guys come over and check it out. Let's get to the action. Let's see what I can do today. Uh, will we break down? Will we go higher? Let's find out on live trading. Mm-hmm.